Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of the Locked On Blue Devils community. I want to give a special shout out to all of our everydayers there who consume this podcast each and every day, whether they listen or watch us on YouTube. Your support means so much to us. Lockdown Blue Devils is your one-stop shop devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. Excited to talk Duke men's basketball today. Uh, Duke women's basketball, a tough loss this week against Louisville, but they'll look to bounce back this weekend to get Carol Lawson's team back in the win column. The men's team, however, riding that five-game winning streak, getting set for a big test at Notre Dame. So five thoughts today on the five-game winning streak for Duke basketball with our good pal Kevin Conley, who's the site expert for Ball Durham. If you have not done so already, be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also, make sure that you check us out on YouTube. Hit that like button. Uh, subscribe to the channel, share this video with your friends, and comment down below. I love when you guys comment on the videos, a good chance to interact with me directly and our guests here on the show. So thank you so much for your support there. Follow us on X at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm there as well, at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. All right, enough of me. Let's bring in our good pal, Kevin Conley, who is the site expert for Ball Durham. He joins us here now for the first time in 2024, a new year is here in our first chat with my good buddy, Kev. How are you, my friend? I'm good, JJ. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. Happy New Year as well to you. So got to talk about the Stuke basketball five-game winning streak. You and I kind of put together five thoughts on the winning streak for Duke. Uh, but before we get there, just kind of a big picture, uh, overall takeaways that you might have, and then if you had anything specifically about the 20-point victory that Duke had earlier this week against Syracuse. I think the brand of basketball is a lot better than what they were playing in November. Um, Really feels like this team woke up after the loss to Georgia Tech. Um, Now, obviously, you don't want a loss to have the team wake up, but um, sometimes it is needed. Um, They have played a lot better. Um, I, I still am a little bit concerned about the strength of the ACC this year outside the top couple of teams. Uh, I'm still not fully sold on Clemson, who just lost uh, against Miami this week. I think Miami is going to bounce back and be one of those tough teams. And then um, I think right now you have to look at the top two. And even though it's not in the standings right now, the ACC, but Duke and Carolina are those top two teams in the ACC. But I do have a lot of questions about um, the middle to bottom half team. So um, you wonder how often Duke is going to be pressed in the ACC play, but um, no matter what conference you're in, it's always difficult to win specifically on the road. And that's what Duke has upcoming against Notre Dame. But you look back at that Syracuse game, and um, I, I think it's one of the more, um, I don't want to say bizarre, because I don't know if bizarre is the right word, but uh, head-scratching games there was. I mean, you can't make a three in the first half. You don't miss a three in the second half. Um, but I, I think when you look a little bit deeper, besides just the box score numbers against Syracuse, um there was obviously less fouls in the second half. One of the reasons why um, Duke struggled so much in the first half outside of Mark Mitchell was because it feels like everybody had two fouls. Jeremy Roach had two fouls. Uh, Ryan Young, I think, had three. Flip had two. Sean Stewart, who had to come in basically in an emergency situation because Flip and 
Uh, Ryan Young had foul trouble. He picked up two fouls. Um, so you really didn't see any of that in the second half. Uh, I think the defense tightened up. Um, and then it, it just almost felt like they needed to get their feet wet. Um, maybe still knocking off some rust. I know they played great against Queens coming off the holiday break, but um, Syracuse still is obviously a different animal than Queens. Um, and that second half, boy, you score 51 points and a half. Can't find too much to complain about. Well, we've got Notre Dame this weekend, Saturday game for the Blue Devils, 6 p.m. Eastern. That game will tip off uh, from South Bend. So with that being said, five thoughts from the five-game winning streak, and we start with our first thought is on the defensive end of the floor, something that you were just talking to, and that Duke's defense will continue to set the tone this season. We've had some uh, inconsistent shooting halves and performances throughout the season, but the defense has continued to remain rock solid every single game this season. They've limited their opponents to less points than they were averaging coming into the game to take on Duke. That is a really uh, impressive stat there for the Blue Devils. And then we mentioned these road games for Duke. The ACC, as Connor O'Neill mentioned on the podcast earlier this week, is now 5-12 and 12 in true road games. NC State has two of those road wins in overtime over Boston College. And just earlier this week, NC State had a two-point road win over Notre Dame in what was a very, very ugly basketball game. Poor shooting all the way around. That being said, the defense will set the tone. You took the words out of my mouth. If you didn't if you didn't make that ugly comment about the <laughs> NC State Notre Dame game, I was going to because I actually tuned in just to get a feel for Notre Dame because I watched them a little bit against Georgetown this year, but um that was about it. Having watched them under Micah Shrewsbury. And yeah, that was oh boy, that was an ugly game. But with Duke's defense, what's the old saying how it goes? Offense sells ticket and defense wins championships. Um, and I think that's kind of the philosophy that John Shire has had since he became the head coach last season of this Duke team. They were outstanding defensively last year. Now, a lot of people agree that it was due in part to having an elite rim protector and Derek Lively anchoring the defense. But um, you saw strides from Tyrese Proctor guarding the perimeter. Uh, Mark Mitchell is a really lockdown, versatile wing that can defend multiple positions. Um, now, obviously, this year you lose Lively, so you don't have that elite rim protection, but I think the perimeter defense has even tightened up, and um, we've even seen bits and pieces this year, this team going a little bit of zone. I mean, when when have you seen a, a Duke-Syracuse game where Syracuse plays no zone and Duke sprinkles in a little bit of a zone? I mean, that's what we saw the other night in the Duke game, so that, that was kind of funny. Um but, yeah, I think this defense is going to be the catalyst going forward. Yes, they'll be able to score. Yes, they'll be able to shoot. Um, if Mark Mitchell continues to get into the paint like he did in that first half against Syracuse, Duke is going to be fine. Um, we've seen how important Kyle Filipowski is. Um, Duke struggles in the, in the first half without him because he's on the bench with foul trouble. We've seen it in other games this season where um, he hasn't performed well in a half and Duke has struggled. Um so, yeah, the, the offense will be there as long as everyone can stay on the floor. Um, it's going to be the defense that uh, propels this team to take it to the next level. Five-game winning streak for the Duke Blue Devils, and uh, that's our first thought of the podcast here today. Duke's defense will continue to set the tone this season. Let's go ahead, and we will take our first break here on the podcast. More from our conversation with Kevin Conley, the site expert for Ball Durham, when we return in just a moment. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you the complete peace of mind with your purchase. Make sure you go check it out 
as you can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront, so you know that you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. I utilize game time today here in the state of North Carolina. I'm going to be going to the Carolina Panthers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers game on Sunday to close out the NFL regular season, all thanks to our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On, L O C K E D O N, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's move it forward. Locked On Blue Devils here today. JJ Jackson alongside my friend Kevin Conley, the site expert for Ball Durham. We're talking five thoughts for Duke basketball during this five-game winning streak. Our second one here. Jared McCain is a star, Kevin. I'll leave it at that. Jared McCain is a star. What do you have to say? I, I can't agree more. I mean, he has he has brought it. Um, we had questions about him. Let's be honest. Everyone did coming out of uh, the Georgia Tech game because the four big teams that Duke played in the non-conference, he didn't play well. He didn't play well against Arizona. He didn't play well. He didn't score against Michigan State. Did not play well against Arkansas and didn't play well against Georgia Tech. So going into – that little stretch where Duke played Charlotte um, and Hofstra before they got to Baylor, you're like, all right, we're going to need to see something from Jared McCain here. And um, then you're like, all right, if we see something here, we need to really see something against Baylor. And man, has he been on an absolute heater during this five game winning streak for Duke. Um, and it's really have to credit John Shire for it. Um, John Shire told them like, stop being tentative, like shoot the ball. You're here to shoot the ball. Um, don't hesitate, let it fly. And, He's done that. Obviously, it, it, that conversation um, gave Jared McCain a massive boost in confidence. And um, I don't know if Jared McCain lacked in confidence to begin with, but um, it seems like this run has even expanded upon um, his already big confidence. And uh, it, talk about we talked about how the defense is going to bring this team to another level. Jared McCain continues to shoot like this. It almost feels unprecedented if he, he can keep up this shooting pace. But, um, boy, it, it's something special to watch. Yeah, still over 40% on the season from three-point range. And then if you're a loyal Duke basketball fan, you might have seen the numbers from the five-game winning streak in particular. But Jared McCain, 17 of 32 in the last five games for the Blue Devils. That is over 50% 
from three-point range. So to your point, Kevin, if he's able to keep this up, that's insane. But we do feel confident in the thought that Jared McCain is a star, even to just the little things like really buying into being a Duke basketball player, really soaking in those moments when you can force the other team to call a timeout and get the Cameron Crazies that much more wild uh, and, and just love playing in that arena. He rebounds incredibly well for his size at that guard position. He's been tough and getting after it defensively. And uh, I don't know, you can just truly tell this guy loves playing for Duke. And as a Duke fan, how can you not love him back? Yeah, it, it it certainly feels like that when he talks after the game, even when you see him during the games after he makes one of those big shots. Um, he's had the biggest smile on his face running back down the other end of the floor. Um, in this five-game winning streak, he scored at least 13 points in every single game. Um, I, I don't know what else you could say besides it, it's been much needed for Duke, um, this run that he's been on. All right, third thought that we've got here. Uh, Duke's bench has not been as deep as we thought coming into the season. So I'll let you take that one there, Kevin. What do you think on this? I, I just, you know, we're talking about the five-game winning streak, and if you go beyond the starters, let's be real, the, the Duke bench has not been as deep as we thought because you and I both thought that that might be one of the better strengths of this team. Maybe it still will be, but right now the bench has not been as deep as we thought because this is including – you know, some of those non-conference games uh, that you would have expected Duke to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to change at this point, JJ. I mean, you're into early January. Um, in a couple of weeks is when you really start to see the rotation normally shrunk down, uh, maybe even into February as well. Uh, John Shire has said this team has six starters. We know who those six starters are. Jeremy Roach, Tyrese Proctor, Jared McCain, uh, Mark Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski, and Caleb Foster. Uh, Tyrese Proctor, since coming back in the last two games, has come off the bench. Um, interested to see if that changes or not. I mean, since Caleb Foster's been in the starting lineup, Duke's got on this five-game winning streak. So does John Shire say, let's not let's not fix anything that's not broken? Or does he put Tyrese Proctor back in the starting lineup against Notre Dame? I don't know. It doesn't seem like he will, considering um, his post-game comments after Syracuse. But um, Ryan Young will play out of necessity just because you don't have another backup center. Um, Jalen Blakes will play because he's earned it. He's deserved it. He brings yep. a toughness and intensity to the floor that this Duke team really needs, specifically defensively. Other than that, I mean, Duke, even going back to the Mike Krzyzewski days, when they had their really good, solid teams going into the ACC and NCAA tournament, the rotation was primarily eight. And I just I just listed your eight, your eight guys right there. Um TJ Power, I think, gives a unique development and being able to stretch the floor when he's out there. But obviously, the concerns are there defensively. Um, Sean Stewart, it seems like um, only in emergency situations, is he really going to get meaningful minutes out there on the floor? Um, and then obviously, uh, the Jaden Shoot thing that developed um, in the first two games of the season. And then uh, Christian Reeves just hasn't developed at the pace I think the coaching staff would have liked or anybody else watching this team would have liked. And it always seems like um, he's compounded by injury issues. So uh, I, I think those are your eight. The the six that I mentioned as your starters, and then Ryan Young and Jalen Blakes are going to be your eight guys that are getting the bulk of the minutes as we come down the stretch of the season here. Yeah, to your point, we'll see what kind of a role that uh, TJ Power and Sean Stewart continue to have for this team. As freshmen, it does not mean that you need to give up on those players throughout their Duke mm -hmm. career. We've seen players uh, get off to slower starts and then, 
their sophomore, junior, senior years, if they remain committed to the program and remain committed to uh, development and that sort of thing, it will come along. TJ Power played nine minutes the other night for the Stuke basketball team. He seems to be getting more run out there on the floor. Now, to your point that we had a little bit earlier, there was bad first-half foul trouble. So in an ideal world, if that's not the case, how deep does the bench then go? Uh, but I think more so specifically when we talk about the bench not being as deep as we thought coming into the season, I'm talking about when we look at the box score after the game and you're seeing guys with three, four, five, maybe six minutes out there on the floor. That's really nothing in the grand scheme of things, Kevin. And I don't know that we could truly you know, consider that a bonus for the Duke basketball team if they're only out there for little spurts. Yeah, they're really just out there to spell the starters to get them a little bit of a breather. And the way you do it is you strategically put them in just before the media timeouts, the under 16, 12, 8, and 4 media timeouts. So you throw Ryan Young out there um, about a minute or so before media timeout, get Kyle Filipowski out, you just get him an extended breather, and then he's back in right after the media timeout. So that's how John Shire has been doing some of his substitution patterns. Um, and you look at even Ryan Young, he only played four minutes against Syracuse, but um, it feels like he is he potentially could have more minutes um, coming down the line. We, he was in foul trouble too. Um, but obviously then you see what, what he did in the final couple of minutes against Baylor, and you're like, all right, there, this this guy, you can trust him. He's a captain. He's a veteran. He knows um, how to win out there. So uh, I, I 100% agree that this team is not as deep as what we originally thought. Um I personally had some questions about Sean Stewart playing a lot this season as a freshman, but I thought TJ Power was going to have a bigger role in this team than he's shown um, through, what, the first 13, 14 games of the season. Let's see how things change in the games to come for the Stuke basketball team. That is three thoughts so far. We have a couple of more here to go, so we'll give you those final two after we take this last time out here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up this weekend, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in your account in bonus bets, win or lose. If you lose, you're still getting $150 if you put down that $5 bet. The app is so easy to use and navigate. So many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. They've got the Parlay Hub that you can find the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. So go ahead and visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Conley, the site expert for Ball Durham. Do me a favor, my friend. Tell us a little bit about your website. Well, we got everything you could possibly need and want to know about Duke Athletics over at balldurham.com. Um, obviously, all over the basketball season now as we're in January. Um, wrapped up our football coverage um, for the year a couple of weeks ago in the Birmingham Bowl when Duke, Duke took down Troy. Uh, but now we're full steam basketball ahead from basically now until March, unless anything else pops up here or there. So, again, it's balldurham.com, and then you can follow us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham. 
Go check it all out. I love the stuff over there that they've got at Ball Durham. So, Kevin, I got a couple of more thoughts for us to talk about here. Five thoughts from the five-game winning streak. Five takeaways from the five-game winning streak. Uh, let's go with this. Jeremy Roach is proving to be one of the better guards in the country. I think he's proved to be one of the most important guards in the country. Um, it feels like he's the one player Duke cannot live without. Um, and, and, and I think it, not just as a leader on the court, I, I think his play on the court, I mean, he's been so efficient this season. I think that's the thing I'm most impressed about when watching him. Um, his three-point shot has significantly improved. He's not taking bad shots. It feels like he's trusting everybody more on the floor. You look at the game against Syracuse, 7 of 11, 2 of 2 from 3, 17 points. He's a willing rebounder, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Um, yeah, I think he, he is certainly one of the best guards in the country, um, and not in terms of that he's going to be a top 5 draft pick. Just his consistency, reliability, availability, everything's been there for Duke, and Duke has needed it in. Um, deservedly so as a senior captain three level score the mid-range the three-point shot I mean he just doesn't matter how you defend him he's going to find a way to score Kev yeah and he he only got to the free throw line once against Syracuse but um he can get there and when he gets there he typically knocks down his free throws um just so consistent and I think um maybe I think it'd be a debate on who Duke um couldn't live without the most, either Jeremy Roach or Kyle Filipowski. I would give the nod right now to Jeremy Jeremy Roach and say he's probably more important on this team than anybody else. He's been awesome so far, definitely being uh, one of proving to be one of the best guards in the entire country. All right, our last thought that we've got here: John Shire claims to have found the blueprint for the 2023-2024 Duke Blue Devils. That being said, he talked a little bit earlier this week as. Connor O'Neill pointed out that, look, sharing the basketball, regardless of who's out there on the floor, regardless of the Foster and Proctor, uh, you know, debate that we've got out there, continuing to give it their all on the defensive end, like we talked about earlier in this conversation here, and then making sure that there are not many ISO situations for Duke. He's, he's kind of figured out this blueprint for the team and how to make it all work together. I agree. Um, I think – the offense, which it still has a long way to go, has made tremendous strides since the beginning of the season um, where it was just really a screen and roll. And if that wasn't there, whoever had the ball was basically in an isolation set. Um, you look at the assist numbers against Syracuse, the entire starting five had at least two assists. Tyrese Proctor had four assists coming off the bench. Jalen Blakes had two assists. Ryan Young even had an assist. I mean, this team had 19 assists on 31 made field goals against Syracuse. So, um, I 100% agree. Um, I think number one with this team is going to be defense. And then offensively, number two, it's going to be sharing the basketball. You want to be hard to defend, especially when you have those five guys out on the floor for Duke where everyone outside of Mark Mitchell has the ability to step on the perimeter and shot. Um, and, and that's when you, you can throw it inside to Kyle Filipowski and you don't have three or four bodies inside um, double teaming him and it allows the All-American to go to work. So um, I, I think John Shire has done a very good job with this team and adjusting to how um, they play and their playing styles through the first 13 games. I still think there's um, more ways to, for this team to improve and to get better um, as February rolls, rolls along and then obviously the all-important month of March. All right, so that's been five thoughts, five takeaways from Duke basketball's five-game winning streak. 
Duke's defense will continue to set the tone this season. Jared McCain is a star. The bench is not as deep as we thought coming into the season. Jeremy Roach has been proven to be one of the best guards in the entire country. And John Shire, head coach John Shire, claims to have found the blueprint for the 2023-2024 Duke Blue Devils basketball team. Absolutely love it. Hopefully this winning streak can continue. Notre Dame and Pitt, the next two, Kevin, back-to-back road games for the Blue Devils. How you feeling? How you feeling about Duke's chances to keep the good vibes moving? And uh, what's it going to take? Notre Dame is not good. Um, they're they're just they're. Uh, it's going to be a tough year for them under first year head coach Micah Shrewsbury, who came to South Bend from Penn State. Um, the cupboard was left bare. Let's let's just put it at that. Yeah. So he has an uphill battle um, this year at Notre Dame. It's going to be a tough. It's going to be a long winter for Fighting Irish fans. Um, on the road on a Tuesday night at Pitt, I don't know what the situation is with the students at Pittsburgh if they're back from their winter break yet, um, but a 9 o'clock start on the road is not going to be easy, especially going up against Jeff Capel. Um, so I think that will be a tough game for Duke because it always feels like – I mean, Pitt just hosted North Carolina. It always feels like the Panthers play very well against the Tar Heels and come up with an upset. Um, so now they get Duke – a week and a half later at their home. Um, so it feels like that could be a, an upset special there. But, um, yeah, I think Saturday, I don't want to say it should be a breeze because conference conference road games should never be a breeze. But um, if you if anyone has the time and has a chance to go back and watch what Notre Dame just did against NC State, man, it'll, it'll make your eyes hurt. Um, so I think Duke should definitely – I think Duke should win both these games. I think Notre Dame should be a much more easy game than Pitt. But uh, – yeah, Pitt's gonna be Pitt's gonna be a dogfight, and also they, Duke plays Pitt um, two times in the next week and a half. So yeah. that's always something just to be wary of too. Well, we'll be following along. We'll be watching. Obviously, bringing you more episodes of Locked On Blue Devils. But throughout it all, make sure you're also checking out Ball Durham and the great work that Kevin's been doing over there. A fun first conversation in 2024 with you, my friend, and I'm looking forward to many more throughout the year. Thanks for being here. Thanks, JJ. That's Kevin Conley joining us here on today's episode. Of Lockdown Blue Devils. Uh, I was on the Duke Basketball Roundup podcast this week. If you're looking for more thoughts about the Duke game against Notre Dame this weekend, that'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and Good day.